You're listening to Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you today and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning or afternoon or evening. I do not know when you're seeing this. Uh, welcome our online campus everywhere, all over. Uh, this is our snow day, by the way. Just want you to know. Uh, we had a big snowstorm come through. We're in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, and the whole country on this side got snow. So you're probably watching me in the comfort of your home or maybe somewhere today or whatever. So I'm so glad you're with us. This is going to be fun. I know a lot of you like to listen to the music and you forget about me, so stay with me for a moment. I got a thought for you as we get into this. We got a story. We're going to tell a story today, and it could be yours. It could be yours. I do have one that you need to pay attention to. So we're in our third week of this. We've been talking about this, um, trying to make the right decisions, better decisions, fewer regrets. I'm going to try to help you as you get through the new year. This was the whole point in what we were trying to do, to try to get you through this so you don't give up on your New Year's resolutions and you stop doing what you've already started. So that's kind of where we are with this kind of thing. So we're going to be asking some questions in just a moment. Uh, there's five questions that we're going to ask, but it's going to be in the five weeks. So this is, a, like I said, this is the third week, second question. And so there's more to come, but I didn't want to give you all at one time. I just want you to think about one at a time, because that's kind of how I do things. So let's look at something. The easiest person to deceive is the person in the mirror. This was last week. We were talking about this. Uh, we, we somehow figure out that we're really good at lying to ourselves, and this is what we were talking about. We really don't tell the truth. And then it affects something we're going to talk about today. It affects the story in which is being told if we don't know exactly who we are and what we're doing. So we went into this thought that there's a salesman in our heads that sells us all the time. We talked about are you selling or are you telling the truth to yourself? And the, the homework was look in the mirror and say this is the way it is. That was the thought from last week. So we're going to talk about this story and everybody has one. I think everybody likes stories, by the way. But everybody has a story. And part of that is it's in the past, of course. Your story, this is what happened. This is what I did. It would be really nice if we could tell the story for the future. But right now, we're just going to settle for what we know and those kind of things. So one of the, the thoughts going in is I want you to think about this, uh, that your story that you're going to tell later is happening right now. So what you're doing, decisions you're making and the things you're deciding on is going to tell your story for later. Now, now, here's the thought. You may want to tell it or you may not want to tell it, depending on the decisions, decisions you're making right now. So this is the current event. We're creating a story that is happening right now that we're going to be able to tell later or maybe not tell later. And I was talking to my older brother. He's watching in a, a lower, uh, another part of the state, so he's watching me right now. His name is Alan. And I'm going to go ahead and embarrass him as much as I can right now with, with his story. So when he was a teenager, let's just put it this way, he wasn't always good. Let's just put it that way. So when he was a teenager, he told me a story. How he used to climb out the window every night as a teenager, and he would put his car on top of the hill, and he would roll his car down the hill and then crank it at the bottom of the hill so that Daddy couldn't hear it crank up because he had some loud mufflers on this thing. So I remember him telling me, he said, one night I climbed out the window, I got in the car, I got down to the bottom of the hill, and the car wouldn't crank. 
And my dad had taken off the coil, the coil wire to that thing, and it would not crank. And daddy was walking down the hill, laughing his head off, wanting to know what they were doing. And so he was telling me this story, and then he said something real, real interesting. He said, you know, there's some things I wish I could change about what happened when I was a teenager, the things that I did. So he was looking back, and some of his story he doesn't want to tell. Some of it was funny looking back. But in, in the end, everybody has that story that says, you know, I wish I could have done that a little better. But right now is the time to do the little better. This is a decision time. This is when you make the decision to change the story or have the story you want to tell for later to your grandkids or somebody. So this is the time. This is the current events where it's happening. So here's, here's the beginning of these five questions, something that you need to think about. Uh, you need to ask yourself honestly what's happening with you. This is that looking in the mirror and try to look past the salesman because you're really good at selling yourself on stuff. Look past the salesman, ask, uh, you know, ask, answer honestly, is this really who I am? This is what I'm happening, what is happening to me because it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the story. And see, that's why we're here today. We're talking about this story that's being told that you're actually living out right now. And then you act on what you've learned and what you know. You've asked yourself, you've answered honestly, and you said, this is how I'm going to do it. So I don't know where your story's headed. I don't know what you're doing or what is happening with you. But I would think like, I would think like this. If I don't like the way it's going, I'm going to have to change something because I'm going to have a story I don't want to tell. And there were some stories in the Bible, I can't wait to get to this one, that is incredible what happened. And you would think it was fiction, but it's fact. We're not the only people impacted by our decisions. So understand that your story is going to affect other people and their stories. And I'll say this. I'll give you a heads up. Sometimes people hijack our stories, and it's not our own doing. And then you have to figure out how you're going to deal with that. How are you going to respond to the hijacking? And it happened all in the Bible. It happens to you. You can either be bitter with it or you can change the story. You can decide and have a great story that will tell you how to do that. And here's the verse. Here's the verse for all the all five weeks, all the five questions. The prudent see danger and take refuge. This is so good. But the simple, the naive keep going and pay the price. So basically what he's saying is that we need to think down the road. What is it going to look like? This is what the prudent does. It backs up, hits the pause button, and backs up and says, I need to think about this. What, what is happening? And he's saying the naive just live for the moment. They don't pay attention to what's actually going to happen down the road. They just want the fix for now. And this is what I'm telling you about the story. You have to think what I'm doing now and how I'm living now is going to be the story for later. It will either be told or it won't be told. And that will be up to you. These five questions will bring you into conflict with a sales associate in your head. I told you last week that we're just like all these bad decisions that we make, we were there. We, we were there and all that. And we really create these bad decisions. We're the mastermind behind a lot of our uh, things that happen to us. We did it. So we are sold constantly about what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And you need to make sure that this sales associate that's in, living in your head, talking you into things, that you understand what is happening. And don't be naive, as the Bible would say. Pay attention to what's being sold to you. Do you really need it? Do you really want it? Is that the person for you? Is that the right relationship? The sales associate always says, you need to do it, you need to do it, you need to do it. 
But the prudent, the Bible says, hits the pause button and backs up and pays attention. So we need to pay attention. As we get into these five you know, questions, there's going to be a conflict. Last week, the conflict was, can you answer and look at yourself truthfully the way things really are? That was the conflict. This one is going to be, we're going to talk about leaving a legacy. What does that look like to leave a legacy and somebody could tell your story? This is the first question, the integrity question. Am I being honest with myself? Did you look in the mirror and said, yeah, this is really who I am? And I actually told you not to do anything yet because I know we can look at it, we can say we're going to do something, and that's even harder. So let's just hang on, let's get through the questions, and then let's decide how we're going to do this. But this one, am I being honest with myself? This is where most people aren't. And if we can't figure out where we are, we'll never know where we want to go. And we'll never understand how we got to where we are. So we have to realize that, that we're going to tell this story because we're making decisions now. Second question, the legacy question. What do I want my story to be? Let's think about it. What story do I want to tell? And that happens every decision happening now, living in the moment, living in this, this present moment is happening. What do I want to tell? What do I want to leave? Now, here's a thought going in, because I had an incredible story. I got an incredible story, I'm going to tell you. But here's the thought going in. Most people don't think about their story or their legacy. They don't think about this. They just think about the moment. And I got to get you to quit thinking about the moments, just the moment. Think about what will happen. Think about your story as we get into this. You write your story one decision at a time. That's just, that's just reality. You know, some decisions where I'm going to eat doesn't really affect the whole story, trying to figure out what the best restaurant is. But I'm telling you, for some things, you have to make some decisions. It could be marriage, it could be job, it could be investments, it could be anything, but it could change who you are, and it could change your story. But you have to realize that your story is going to be written one, one, basically one decision at a time. It's going to happen for you over and over again. And in the thought process, what story do I want to tell? And what do I want to leave? So that's going to be the legacy as we get into this. Do I want my story to be fact or fiction? I love movies. I love my, me and my wife go to movies. I love it. Uh, I like a true story. I really do. Uh, I wish Star Wars was true because I love it so much, but I know it isn't. And I always say that. And the thing is, we do love the facts. We do love a true story. And most people, I want you all to get this in your head. Just think about this as we walk into this. Some of you are living in fiction. It's not real what you're trying to do and what you're trying to live. And some of you have been told a lie, and you have to live with that. Some people have to live with lies all their life, and that is in the story today. You will see this as we get in. So here's, here's the problem we got. Let me just help you with this real quick. Here's the problem we got. We get emotionally attached or charged up in these decision-making process. It says, in emotionally charged decision-making environments, we think in terms of our own options, of our options, not our stories. Basically, you think, I lost my job, what am I going to do? We don't think about the story that's being told right now. We're only thinking of the options. How do I get out of it? How do I make it better? How do I make it stop? What do I do? 
And that's kind of how we think. So you get in this emotionally charged environment that something just happened to you. You might have even had a breakup or you lost something or you lost your job, something happened. And you get in that environment and you only look for options. You don't think about what is this gonna leave if I make this decision? What is this story going to tell? And that's what happens. And we, get, we actually get zeroed in on this one thing and here's what, here's what I want you to look at. Focalism, this is what one of the things we talked about, and it happened last week also, but you know, confirmation bias is what we were talking about. Once we find out this decision that we want to make, and we've decided this is the one or this is it, everything seems to line up around it. And focalism is the same way. Victims hyper-focus on the one thing that is causing the emotion. Let me give you an example. Here you go. Have you ever been in love? If you've been in love, you have been a victim of focalism. Because what happens is that all you can think about is her, and all you can think about is him, and that is all you see. And nobody can even talk to you because it's such an emotionally charged thing and a wonderful feeling that I can't even think. And nobody can tell you anything, and nobody can do anything, because you know all about it. You know what you're doing. Remember, we talked about that last week. And if you hadn't seen that one, you can go back and watch it. But that's what happens to us. We get so involved emotionally in what we're doing. We know the right answer. We know the right thing. We don't even listen. Before you make a decision, let me say this. That person you want to marry might be the right person. But just, just pause for a moment. You don't, don't go into this thing all charged up. Hang on a minute. Pause on it. Could be the right thing. You need to call some friends. You need to just cool it. Just, just hit the pause button because this will mess you up. It messes up everybody. It changes our story. And what story are we going to tell? That's what we're trying to do when it's called legacy. So let's consider your story. Let's consider where you are now and what story has, if you, if you I always do this, Especially when we have funerals. I, have, I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't think about it when I first started the church, but, you know, I need, some, you know, I need something to talk about. That's what I keep telling them. You need something to work with before you leave. And so they, we're always looking at this story. What, what did you leave behind? What did you do? What do we want to talk about? There are some funerals I can't, there ain't a whole lot to talk about. The stories that they tell, I can't tell. And so this is what I'm saying. So we consider the story. And let's talk about a story. So let's just kind of get in here and let's get into this. So we look at this, and it's in Genesis, by the way. It's a true story, but it doesn't, it seems a little like, is it really true? Is it really fact or is it a little fiction? Because this is just so unbelievable as we get in here. So if you know Joseph, and if you haven't heard the story, I call it Joseph, Joseph, the coat of many colors. So we'll go with that if you haven't heard of that. So let's do this. So here's the story that's being told. He's about 17 years old, and here we go. He's got 10 brothers, okay, 10 older brothers. And by the way, Joseph is the favorite of the family by the dad. And he let everybody know that he was the favorite of the family. So within this story that is happening, there are gonna be stories within the story, some we can tell and some we cannot. So Joseph, here he is, the favorite of the family. And so the 10 brothers decided we didn't like that. And we want to get rid of him. So they made, had got a plan together. The plan was they're going to kill him. That was the first plan they got. We're going to kill him. Then they decided, no, we don't want to kill him. So what we'll do is we'll sell him. So we sold him. They sold him to the slave traders. 
They said, we'll make up a lie. We'll go back and we'll tell our father that he was killed by a wild animal and that will be the end of Joseph. Story time. Now let's go back. We have 10 brothers who now have to live with a lie. For the rest of their life, 10 brothers have to live with a lie. And one of the things I would say as your story unfolds, you don't want to have to live with a lie. Just because you want something now, just because you think this, will, this is it, you don't want to have to live with a lie. And they were going to have to live with a lie. So here's Joseph. He's sold into slavery. So now he's got this thing happening to him. He was a rich kid. Remember, he was spoiled. He was the favorite of the family. Now he's a, now he's a slave. So how's he going to do? What, do you, what's he, what does he want this story to be? Why does he want it to be? Does, how's it going to turn out? So he gets sold again to Potiphar. Potiphar, one of the guys in the military, and if you hadn't heard about all this yet, but I'll just tell you and paraphrase some as we go in. He was sold to Potiphar uh, as a slave in the house, and he had a decision to make. Joseph did. He had a decision to make about his story. So he had to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to be like a regular slave? I'm just going to run? I'm going to hate what I'm doing? Or am I going to make the best of this situation? So what he decided to do was to make the story different not like everybody else. So he decided he worked really hard in the house of you know, Potter there and all, and all the pharaohs and all the things that were going on all around him. He was there. He was seeing things that were happening. And he worked really hard making this thing work for him. And he put him in charge of his household. This was what was interesting. He was so good that he put him in charge of his household. Things were looking really good for him. Things were happening and then the music changed, by the way. Then it changed. It happened. Mrs. Potiphar decided she wanted more than just a Hebrew slave. She wanted something different. She wanted him to make love to her. That's what she was after. And so this is what was going on. So now we have this slave in charge of the whole household, and now he's got to think for a moment Okay, how does, how's this story going to play out? Now, he's about 19 or 20 years old at this time. So how's this story going to play out? So he rehearsed, his, he rehearsed it. I'll paraphrase it for you. He rehearsed what he was going to say. This is how it's going to go down. This is what I'm going to say. And this is what happened. Mrs. Potiphar, I came into this land as a slave. I had no rights and no future. Your husband purchased me. I did my best to serve him and you. So he had, he had rehearsed this. He kind of let her know, like, you know, what are you doing? See, this is going to be on her. This is going to be her story. The problem with this, that the question was already asked by Potiphar's wife, I want you. He had no good outcome with this. This is not a moral issue at this time. This is what you have to realize. This was a life or death issue. Since the question has been asked, he has, now what does he do? He can't, do what, he can't do what she wants, and he can't tell her no, so now what is he going to do? So he, kept, he rehearsed. He kept trying to talk it out, trying to make her understand, you don't really want this story. You don't want me, a Hebrew slave. This is not what you really want. Through the hard work and God's help, I have gained the trust of your husband. So he kept, he kept going back to this. He's put me in charge of the whole household. He's put me in charge of everything but you. I can have anything I want. 
but I can't have you because that's not the way it is. This is not the story I want. So I have a choice. He has a choice. He's got, he'll, have, he'll have two stories in just a moment. He'll get to choose one. So now he's looking at, I'm a Hebrew slave sold. Now I'm in charge of the household. Uh, Potiphar's wife, uh, you know, he, she wants me. Now what am I going to do? How's this going to play out? So he's having to have a conversation with her, trying to tell her. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. This is what he has done for me. This is what he has given me. This is, my story is pretty good to this point. But you have really messed up. You have really asked a question. Guess who's gonna die? It's gonna be Joseph. He has no way to, to win from this. He has no way. So if the things happen, no one is greater in this house than I am. This is, this is the Hebrew slave. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. <laughs> you, because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? In plain English, I'm not gonna sleep with you. No. So now what? So he, she's, she accuses him of raping her. He ends up in a dungeon. Now remember, the story was going pretty good. I mean, you know, you have to look back. He was sold into slavery twice. Uh, somebody bought him twice. Now he's in Potter's house, and now he's been accused of rape. Now he's in the dungeon. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonder to me, except for God intervening, that he wasn't killed. So here's the story. Now we're in another spot. I think sometimes we feel like we do the right things, but we end up in the dungeon. And here's what you need to hear from this part of the story. The story's not over yet. So he's in the, he's in the jail, he's in the dungeon, and just like uh, Joseph, he decided to do something. So I'm gonna make the best of this situation. If you can only imagine somebody with this kind of thought, this young, deciding I'm gonna do something different. I'm not gonna be a victim of, this. yeah, this isn't my fault. Somebody hijacked my story. This isn't right. I'm gonna be mad. That's now not how he did it because he didn't want his story that way. That's not how he wanted it. So he decided he was gonna do what he could in prison and they put him in charge of everybody in the prison. This, just, this is the story he was writing, the story that nobody was seeing and his brothers and everybody had already forgotten about him. Didn't even know if he was alive. But God did. But he was not going to let all of these bad things that happened to him write his story for him. He was not going to allow it to happen. So they put him in charge of all that. And then the king, of course, here's the, here's the, it's just one story after another. The king, of course, was having these dreams. He was trying to figure out, what am I going to do? So here we are in Egypt, here we are in all these things that are happening, and here we are, this king is having all these dreams, and he heard about this guy, this Hebrew guy named Joseph, that was probably able to interpret dreams. That's what he heard. So they brought him in. He still smelled bad, by the way. He brought him in, in front of everybody. You gotta remember one thing. You say the wrong thing, you're dead. You just say the wrong thing. So here's, so here's his story. He's in a dungeon. He's been accused of rape. Now he's before the king, and the king is asking him a question. Can you interpret this dream? He told him about his dream. And then Joseph, I don't know, I can't imagine. He says, 
I can't interpret that dream. I can only imagine the people around kind of like, just like, really? Do you know what, you're going, what is going to happen to you? He said, but I know who can. He said, the Hebrew God, my God, can interpret that dream. Now, that was, that was you know, the Pharaohs thought they were gods. And so that was, a big, that was a big shot. But instead of Pharaoh getting mad, he was intrigued with this Hebrew boy who seemed to have a spirit about him. And he even said, you got something about you that's not like everybody else. He said, but my God can interpret. And he said, what does your God say? Here we go. Here's the story. So Joseph begins to tell him. He said, you're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. You'll have plenty of grain for seven years, and then you'll have nothing. This is what I'm telling you. And then out of the blue, listen to this. He just decided he was going to tell the king what he should do. Everybody was waiting. What are we going to do to this guy? He said, King, if I was you, here's what I would do. I'd put somebody in charge. I'd put somebody in charge of the grain so they could take care of the seven years and get ready for the seven years that we will not have grain. If I was you, I would put somebody in charge. And you're thinking at this moment, if you're in that room, that this guy's dead. This guy's dead. And Pharaoh says, hmm, is there anybody like you? Is anybody like you have a spirit and as much wisdom? Remember, he's a young guy. And then Pharaoh said this, you will be that guy. This story's just getting better. And you would think, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, we're not even to the good stuff yet. He said, I'm going to make you prime minister of Egypt. The only person that's going to be above you is going to be me. Everybody else will listen to you, and they will hear what you have to say, and they will do what you have to say. And you would think, that is a wonderful story, but it's not over. Story's not over. This is what I'm telling you. If you start writing your story and you write it where it can be told and the things that you want to do, imagine what could happen story after story after story. Guess what? Seven years of plenty happened. They had plenty of grain. And then, oh, this is the good stuff. And then there were seven years where there was famine and Joseph was in charge of the grain. People came from everywhere to Egypt to buy grain just so they could live. And then one day, Joseph was out and about. And there they came, his 10 brothers. They did not recognize him because he's about 30 years old now. They didn't know what had happened to him. And so finally, they got in front of Joseph. And at that moment, they realized who, they, who he was and what was about to happen and this was the most amazing thing. What would you do at this moment? His brothers would have probably have already killed him, and they were begging for mercy. Here, here's, here's the story within the story. Joseph was not like his brothers. He was not going to let things in life that went bad take him the wrong way. He was going to make his own story, make it happen. And that's what he did. He was not like his brothers. So he did not run off and make rash decisions. He didn't do these things that everybody else did and their brothers did. He didn't make those kind of things. He was always pushing the pause button. He was always thinking, what's the story? What's the story? So he saw his family. I can only imagine the dad seeing him. I, I don't know how this kind of went down, but what he did, he brought all everybody, everybody in, took the whole family in, brought them to Egypt, 
and they lived because of Joseph, because of his story. And see, what I think that we need to think about is what we want to be told. You know, when we look at this story, uh, let me, when you get to this part, you know, you want to decide what is this story going to be and what we want to be told. He decided against the gravitational pull to the dark side. He did not go where most people would have gone because of his past and what had happened. His story was hijacked. Maybe yours has been hijacked. Maybe it was. You know, I, all I'm asking you is what kind of story do you want to tell? What do you want to leave? Do you want to leave? I, I've seen it happen so many times. I've seen somebody's story hijacked and they live bitter the rest of their life. Joseph had every right to live bitter. He was sold twice, put in the dungeon, accused of rape. He was there. But he didn't let that change. That, that was not his story and it was not going to be. So you have to think like this. I don't know where you are. I don't know what story you're living in right now. But you have to think, is this, is, am I going to live my story because somebody else hijacked it? Or am I going to do something with it? And this is what Joseph did. He decided to make sure that he was going to tell the story he wanted to tell and not anybody else. So what story do I want to tell? That's the whole thing. That's the whole idea of this, everything that we've talked about, the legacy, everything that's happening. What story do I want to tell? Now let me ask you this. If it was over today, what story would be told? So you have a chance to change the story, no matter what has happened and how many times your life has been hijacked by somebody else or a bad decision. Joseph made a choice that his story is going to be told the way he wanted it to be told. And it was those stories within a story. And so that's where you have to go. That's where you have to think, what do I want to be told? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for everything. Thank you that we can uh, change our story because of you. I just pray that everything that we think about, all these decisions we do, we make, I pray, Father, we understand it affects our story. I pray for the people whose story has been hijacked and they are bitter and they're mad. I pray, Father, that you will move in. I pray, Father, I pray for them right now that their story will change. And they will write their story and nobody else. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure you let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thank you for listening to Marathon Church Podcast.